Hey, what's going on, everybody? And thank you for choosing the Babs Life Podcast today. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, before we get started, as usual, if you all can please share the podcast with a friend or somebody, show somebody new, that would be great. Please subscribe and also write a review. That would be awesome. Um, also, I'll provide the link, but we do have Life merch now, L-Y-F-E shirts and jackets stands for living yourself for every day um so go check that out see if you like anything grab a shirt grab a jacket Uh, i'm starting to wear them for the videos if you ever watch youtube i'll have some of the merch on so anyways without further ado my guest today you've heard him before we had an interesting talk before and this time we talk about a variety of things again from being ambitious to you know working hard like usual and then we talk about some other stuff like casinos uh and gambling and all that so hope you guys enjoy Woo! tom strong yes sir back at it again i'm back baby, back in, baby. we're I'm back. back we're back dude I had a fun time last time that was like what a couple months ago yeah that, a few was, months ago. that was honestly a long podcast dude we did like two hours um we'll try to keep it a little bit shorter this time around no, maybe screw that. we'll see where it goes we're gonna talk about some serious life thoughts what you got going right now this is not the life thoughts podcast although he will be featured on that one too i will uh, be on that one too. yeah so, absolutely yeah be um ready for that. what's been happening it's been a fucking month anything crazy um yeah I'm starting a new career, bro. <laughs> so I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, happy for you. It's a, it's a, sorry, the mic cuts out there, but it's a, it's an interesting one. It's, yeah, it, it is interesting. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. I am nervous, but I am very excited. And I think, you know, me, I'm very ambitious and I like to take on adversity head on. And I really want to just kick ass in life. And I think, with this company, I'm really going to have the opportunity to really show myself if I can do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's one of those companies that sign you on to one of those do or die situations where you're, you know, you're not a full on employee, you're an independent contractor. So that's always yeah. gives a little fire under your ass. And everyone's different. Everyone prefers what they prefer. Um, 1099, baby. 1099. You get, you know, it, they, they have their benefits where like you could, you're an independent contractor, so you can kind of do your own thing, you can work as hard as you want, that's how much you're going to make. But you don't get health insurance. You don't get any of that. You have to pay all that on your own. Dude, I'm going to sell health insurance. I'll just buy my own. Yeah, dude, sell yourself <laughs> health insurance. Why not? Be like, um, you know, Tim Dillon. You know who Tim Dillon is? No. Tim Dillon's this comedian who used to sell subprime mortgages back in, like, before the recession hit. And he sold himself <laughs> a subprime mortgage, like, up to a $600,000 house and totally just flopped on it. Like, did not pay it all. All that stuff, but um, it happens, man. It does happen. I it mean, happens. yeah, it's you know, you think it's gonna survive. You think who who would have thought that everything would have crashed back in 08? I think it's gonna crash again. Um, maybe. I don't know. It's definitely an interesting thing to ponder. I think it'll. I think it'll right? happen. It, it's got to at some point, right? I mean, it's got that's to what, at some point. You're that's right. What, that's what everybody says. It's like everything. History repeats itself, I think, and sometimes it repeats itself in different ways, but with the same concept. And a lot of, you know, people who study the economy, like they say, like, it's going to happen sooner or later. Well, it does always go through cycles. Yeah. It always is. It's always an up and down cycle. And right now, 
we were on an upward trend. COVID hit. We're bound to a little bit of a downward trend, and they thought it was going to spiral down, and they pumped money in. So, like, we were on that downward, downward trend, and we pumped money in, but, and the pumping of the money is not necessarily a fix-all solution. It's like a Band-Aid. It's like, hey, we're just going to yeah. cover this up, and we're not going to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you get cut out in the woods. You're like, I'm not going to worry about it until later, and then, you know, Three days, later, it's, in there. three days later, it's infected, and you have to chop your arm off. So Amputation's cool. I know I know somebody without a leg. I mean, props to them. I, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> um, but, um, no, nah, I don't know. It's. I mean, I predicted it was going to happen during Trump. I thought it was going to happen during Trump's presidency. I didn't, I, I didn't think it mattered who was president. I thought Hillary Trump didn't matter. The economy was going to crash halfway in between. Uh, it did not. I think that was because Trump made a lot of investors happy, um, and I, I, again, I don't know. I, it's going to crash. It's going to have to. It's going to crash. Yeah. Just not to be pessimistic, but uh, it's bound to. It's bound to, and I think but, I think the pumping of money in did not help. I think it's going to devaluate <laughs> the dollar a lot. Yeah, and like I'm no economist. Wait, that's a proper word. Correct? I'm not at all either. I'm not. I'm really not. Um, I do study the stock market a little bit because I do like to invest some of my extra money into different things. But I think that it's fair to say, like, even though I don't know every aspect of it, I think it's fair to say that we can trust that it's going to happen eventually. I mean, okay, yes, it's very easy right. to say. <laughs> like, it's very on, easy to say it's going to happen eventually. I mean, yes, and then eventually it's going to get back up. Like, I, we could say that all day. I'm talking about how, like, soon it's gonna happen yeah yeah uh, yeah not like eventually eventually the sun's gonna explode i might not see it but it's gonna happen in a fucking bajillion years says you yeah i'm pretty sure that's a science thing but um you know i'm not no scientific expert do you trade you just put money in let it sit are you day trading are you option trading what are you doing so okay um it that's actually kind of a funny question because oh is there oh well the thing is okay so you know me i i work a lot of hours you yeah. know i build up my paychecks as much as i can i work overtime and so essentially what i do is since i'm in college you know i don't have a family i don't have a house i don't have a car payment like i got none of that shit to worry about i don't have bills right right you know most so, most college kids don't. yeah so like all the money that I get his income over the summer because I don't work during the school year. It's just pretty much spending money and I spend it how I like. Um, nobody's going to tell me different. I like spending money. But so what I usually do is I don't save money. Um, that's a big thing. <laughs> I know it sounds, I know it sounds so dumb, right? But there's probably a ton of people that don't save money. But like, here's the thing, like in college, like, I have my parents backing. Like, I'm blessed for that, you know? So, like, if I need extra cash, like, my mom's just going to wire me money. But... At least you're honest. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, like, the thing about it, though, is, like, if I want to be able to go spend money, I can go spend money. So, when I work, all that money kind of goes towards spending and how I spend it kind of varies. So, I spend a little bit of it on, like, dumb stuff. Like, I paid $40 for a fucking haircut, you know? Like, that's what I do. Like I like that. I bought a cheap. I'm, I bought a <laughs> that's Gucci just me. belt. That's just that's what me. I do. It's it. That's what I like. Um, but outside of that, I take a part of my paycheck, and 
a part of that goes to different investments, right? Okay. And for me, most of that goes to some form of high risk. <laughs> and I think you know where I'm going with this. It goes to some sort of high risk investment where I can flip a little a little bit of money yeah really quick right um which i have a funny story about that that i gotta tell you about i mean um but and then i take another percentage of my paycheck and it goes into two different accounts for my stocks for my investments my what you would call a smarter way to invest money some of that is in fortune 500 where it's like a longer term where i'm collecting dividends and then some of that, like, I'll just, you know, I'll throw, like, 150 200 bucks, whatever, on some BS penny stock to see if it flips that day. You know, so really a lot of my investing goes into higher risk because I do get that higher reward knowing at the end of the day that that money that I put into it, I'm really going to just spend on other dumb shit that I don't need. <laughs> so you're doing... You're doing more like you're putting the money in. You're hoping it works out and blah blah. You're not doing like options or day trading. No, no, dude. I, dude, I. Day I'm surprised trade. you don't do options considering how those are considered could be high risk. I feel like you would like options. Yeah, I see. That's a thing. I for some reason could not get a grip of it. I have miraculously failed twice on options and lost a good amount of money. Yeah. So and I had I, one where it went up and I was like, all right, cool. And then I didn't know. Same thing. I mean, I, I was kind of retarded. I didn't know what I was doing with yeah. both of them. So. Well, I tried now to I learn it. I tried to learn it. Couldn't figure it out. I tried to learn Forex. Didn't interest me at all. Um, so in reality, I just take my money, put it into something, see what happens for a few weeks, a few months maybe a couple of days or so so i guess you can call that that i mean that is short-term investing yeah um but you know part of it is that i know that i don't need that money at the end of the day right because i don't need that money to pay for my bills because i don't have bills i mean that's true I, I always look at it though as like you're you're gonna need that money one day you know well you yeah that money one that, day. that's true that's why you put it in there and you use but, it um i think one of the one of the good things that I learned when I started getting into stock is that my first investment, I made, I flipped it for 60% over like six weeks. Okay. Right. So like, that's like, you know, that's pretty damn good. You know, most people are shooting for 10, 20%. Yeah. And I hit 60%. Um, I did studying on that company. It was MGM by the way. So I I invested in casinos. Yeah, they were low. Like while you know they they got closed down, mm-hmm. I invested in casinos. It was something that I'm passionate about. Casinos is something I'm passionate about, and so I did some research, figured out some different things, and once they opened back up, everything started pumping back into them really quick, right? So I I made a decent amount of money off of that. From that money that I made a lot of that got reinvested into like fortune 500 indexes and um that was just building a little bit of extra income for me for when i needed extra spending money at school um outside of that it was really just a learning process for me because i did take a big hit i i learned that i needed to do a stop loss because one week i had all my positions go up like 50% in the matter of three days. And that's huge. And I figured like over the weekend, you know, I'm just, I'm just, everybody was saying, sell this, sell this, sell this, you know? 
And I was like thinking, like, oh, I got nothing to lose. I'm just going to hold on to it, see what happens. What happens on Monday? I get absolutely wrecked, bro. <laughs> and then all these I mean, companies, could, yeah. all these companies are filing for fucking bankruptcy. And I was like, you know what? They're going to come back. Um, I'm already down so much money. Let's see if they get bailed out. Let's see if they make a huge comeback. They didn't. I lost a lot of money. <laughs> and But a lot of the money I that I lost, I made like, beforehand. I'm... So that's one of the big valuable lessons I learned. Um, I took a break during the school year on trading. So I kind of just pulled all my money out, spent it on dumb shit that I didn't need, um, like always. And I think that for me, I was happier that way because I was able to spend that money and that it wasn't locked up in investments. But I think everybody has a different situation. I mean, yeah, everyone's different you with know, their approach, how they want to yeah, do it, what money they want to use, everything like, like that. understanding like, okay, what money do I get? What money do I don't get? What can I spend? What can't I spend, right? So I think that's a big thing. But like going into it, I I gamble a shit ton. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, everybody knows. You this. gamble, it, gamble. It's not a secret. I gamble, gamble. I gamble hard. And um, so, you know, if you know, I walk into the casino and they know me first and last name. <laughs> and I get VIP, Woo! high roller, you know. I get casino host. It, they calculate me to spend over $100,000 a year. It's ridiculous. Or in a six-month period. My bad. It's which, even more ridiculous. Yeah, which is ridiculous. You know, like I'm a college kid spending more than five times my tuition. In one semester, my tuition for the year, I'm spending I more than five times that much. For those listening on audio, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shaking my head as yeah, we speak. So, um, it's definitely fun though i i have a good time with it like i don't go out to the bars you know i don't go party i don't drink i mean it, it, and so it, that's my yeah. form of entertainment money and i would say that is a big difference so it's just like you're not doing all those things if you were doing if you were drinking and going out to, you know going out every weekend and going out to eat yada yada that's where like it's going to get really expensive because you're doing that it's and like you're gambling on top, on top of, of it, it which i get what you're saying is you're like i don't do any of that shit like i use my money to go gamble exactly and like with me i go out and i put my money you know like, I, I save some much? money but okay. i go out and i go out every once in a while and then i eat out a lot i eat out way more than i should yeah see i cook yeah, I'm actually getting into cooking. We'll get into that, but like, I, but, I yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, like, think about how much you spend on a festival in a week. Oh, um, I mean, in a week. Yeah. What like, you mean? Well, let's say you go to a festival, right? Yeah. How much are you spending, like? I so I usually with like depending ticket, on the parking, ticket, camping, yeah. whatever the fuck you pay for. Oh, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and that's my vice, right? Which I don't have it right now. So you know how much money I'm saving. Woo! I'm a saving lot. a lot because there's yeah. none of that shit happening. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it does get expensive. And same thing, like you're saying, like I, I always plan for that shit. I would, in college, and I worked, I worked fucking 35, 40 hour weeks plus school, you know, and I would save up my money for those trips. And, and first off, the way I do trips, I don't look at my bank account. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. My trip is my trip. I don't worry about money. I don't look at my bank account. I come home, I go, ooh, maybe I spent more than I thought I did. But I have this number in my head that I'm going to spend, but I don't look at my bank account because if I go over, it's not a big deal because I, I've saved up enough to where I can go over and yada, yada. And I've done that for every vacation thus far. I mean, I just don't look. I just, I just, 
I save up for that shit. Exactly. And that's the way I think of do it because you don't worry about anything while you're gone. Mm-hmm. And, and and same thing, like you go to the casino, you don't worry about what you're dropping that night because you've been no. saving up for it. And and yeah, I mean, there's there's a lesson in that because like you are saving to do what you want to do versus like it's just spending money with no yeah. regard. And that's way better than anyone else than people that are spending money for no regard. Like, cause I don't know, just I mean, you see people you buying stupid shit and stuff like that, and oh yeah, dude. Like, I mean, don't get wrong, like I buy shit too. Checks came out. That was ridiculous. That, that was absolutely <laughs> that ridiculous. That made no sense. No, dude, look. When the stimulus checks came out, right, and everybody was filing for unemployment. Yeah. Like, I got screwed on that shit, for sure. There's no doubt about it. I got screwed on unemployment. But here's the thing. A lot of people who, and I'm not saying, like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not the kind of person to judge somebody based on their looks. But I, <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I did because, you know, I'm at, I'm at International Plaza. Okay. And I had to wait to get into the Gucci store. And the people that were in front of me were clearly like they didn't, they had families and like they shouldn't be in there spending $600 on a belt when they could be paying their rent. Right, and the thing is, yeah, yeah. The thing <laughs> I is, like how you're judging them in the line of the Gucci store when yeah, you're going into the Gucci okay, store. Okay, but that's the thing. <laughs> I had the money that you know that was disposable. It's expendable money for me. Yeah, right. I so get. That's I get my what you're spending saying. money. I just didn't go to the casino that week, and I spent six hundred dollars on a Gucci belt. All right, big whoop, done. I now have a Gucci belt. <laughs> cool. I'll just. I could never. I just. I'll just save up some more money and then go gamble again next week. If you know, but the thing is, like. The difference between somebody who gambles and somebody who goes and invests at the casino, I think there's a huge difference that there's like some sort of stereotype that anybody who goes to the casino is a gambler, right? The thing is generally yes. I agree yeah, with that. Generally yes. The thing is there are there is a handful of people who go in and they actually study the numbers, they understand the money aspect of it, right? They understand their investment. So one of the things for me is like, okay, I set myself a limit, obviously. I study on what I play, what I do. I study the numbers and I study my profits. So essentially I set myself a goal. If I make that goal, I make it, right? If I don't make that goal, fuck it. So if you make the goal, do you go home or do you keep playing? Usually I will go home, yes. Okay, that's where most people differ too is that most people don't have the willpower to legit go home when they're up. Yeah. Which is where the casinos get you because exactly. like you keep riding that high and then you lose whereas like if you do go up and you just leave, you're done. You've won. You're, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and and you got to think, dude, like at the casino, like I don't know about everybody else. I know like at the Hard Rock, like the most table mins are like fifteen dollars. It's anywhere between fifteen and twenty five. I say I think they're twenty five yeah. for weekends. And so stuff like that. yeah, so but like that's a big casino, you know. My casino was a small casino in a college town where the tables are five dollar minimums, right? So a lot of a lot of people could go in with a hundred dollars and you know, you can have a good time with a hundred dollars at the casino there. I think if I was at, I think if I was in a college town where the minimums were five bucks, I would myself go more than not. That's that's what I was, if, you know. If, like if I'm being really honest, I think with five dollar minimums, that's not bad at all. Yeah, and then you get relatively cheap drinks depending on the casino. Sometimes um, they're free. Uh, yeah, sometimes they're free. Um, you get perks with Hard it, Rock's so, free. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the only reason, which is why it's more expensive, I think. 
I didn't know that because at the Hard Rock, I play in the high limit room. I okay. like I only play in the high limit room, right? So when you play in the high limit room, anything you want is free. Okay. So that's the cool thing about it, right? So I go play high limit. I'm I'm betting like at least fifty dollars a hand. Like you're looking fifty dollars to two hundred is my range in the high limit room. And you're doing blackjack. You're talking about no. So I'm know. I'm playing a different game at the Hard Rock. I'm playing baccarat. Okay. So, you know, but but the thing is, the thing is, you do get all those free things. And for someone like me, like the comp is pretty good. Like at my casino up at school, you know, my comp is really good. I, I've never walked into a casino and paid for a meal. You know, I get free hotel rooms. I get treated like royalty in there. Like it's, you know, because they, they don't have a lot of college kids going in there spending a couple thousand dollars a night. No, but they have adults and stuff that do that. But you do understand that they do that because most of the time you're not, they're making more money off of you than you're getting. Yeah. But what happens, <laughs> what happens when you are making money and still getting those perks? Because at the end of the day, if you make money, or the question you is, are you money, up on the year? Like that's what it comes down to. I have to, I have to get my report. So at the end of the year, I get a report for taxes, you know? So um, at the end of the year, I get a report. Over the last four years, though, from 2016 till this past year, so I guess 2016 to 2019, okay. so technically three years, okay. um, I am up. I'm not up, like, a significant amount or anything, you know? Like, it's, uh, it might be, like, a couple thousand bucks. Okay. But in the long run, I'm able to spend time and make money. But it's three years, you've only made a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, but it's my form of entertainment. So, okay, like, true, I'm, true. You know, I forgot. I'm, I do. I'm, yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. I'm getting paid to go and have a good time, right? Because the thing with the casino is that I think here's here's where people get fucked up the most at the casino. Okay, is that everybody that tends to walk in there has some sort of emotional attachment to the paper that's in their wallet. Okay, okay. so. I think one of the biggest things to learn if you want to be that sort of, um, I don't want to say investor, I, like like an advantage gambler, I guess, <laughs> like somebody who's going to make money, okay. is that you have to lose that emotional attachment to your money. I think that's hands down where I see people screw up the most, right? I see, I see a lot of people go in, sit down at my table with $200, and they're down 150 bucks. So now they only have $50 to gamble with, but like it's literally just eating them inside out, right? And I can drop $1,000 as a college kid and say, look, if I lose this $1,000, I'll just come back and get it back next week. Like that's the kind of person that I am, you know, like that's the ambition that I have when I go play. And I don't have that emotional attachment to my money. But part of that is because I don't have those expenses that a lot of the other people have, you know? If you have, if you're renting an apartment and you got to pay $900 a month for that apartment and you just lost $200 of your income yeah. for the month. Yeah, you're cutting like, it close. Now. It, yeah, now you're cutting it close. So like $200 is paying for groceries for probably a week, two weeks for your family. Like a family of four, you can probably have groceries for two weeks for $200. Yeah, I would, I could see that. You mm -hmm. know, so like essentially a lot of, for a lot of people losing that $200 is losing nutrition for their family for two weeks right for me 
It's just losing $200. And I think that's where that emotional attachment comes in. That I know that like when I study the game and when I study the numbers and I come up with my strategies is that I have faith in my own strategy to where I don't have to have that emotional attachment to my money to where like I know like, okay, if I go every 10 times I go, right? If I go 10 times, I'm winning seven out of 10 times. So at the end of the day, if I bring the same amount of money every time and I keep my profit limit and I keep my spending limit that if I go 10 times, I'm making money more times than not. Does that make sense? I mean, kind of. I mean, you know me. I'm not one of the gambler. I'm not I'm not super into it. I go here and there. I have a good time when I do go. Um, and I've gone positive. I'm thinking, I don't, again, I don't go that much, so I don't even know. Um, but no, I mean, I. you've got your way of doing it. And again, it's not like you're doing it and you're wasting your money. You're kind of doing it as a form of entertainment, like you said. Yeah. That's the only way I could justify it is if, like, like you're saying, like, that's your form of entertainment. Just as, like, me going to festivals or music shit is my form of entertainment. And I spend money there and I lose money there. You might lose money here because it's just entertainment and you don't care. Like, yeah. I get what you're saying when it's that. I wouldn't call it uh, an investment, though. I wouldn't. <laughs> That's definitely not in my forte. I wouldn't ever call it that. I would call it what you're calling it as entertainment and, and leave it at that. Because I think, I mean, the reasons they pay for all the free stuff and everything is because they they have their numbers and they run their numbers. They know they're making more money off of you yeah. than you're making off well, of them. I mean, you got to think about it, bro. Out of every 10 people, there's maybe one person who actually knows what they're doing. Who actually understands the statistics? I understand that there's statistics to it, but I'm telling you that the odds are not in your favor. They're not. Yeah, I know they're not. Okay, that's it, why everything's they're, free. They're set up that way. Of course they are, because they know they're going to make more money off of you in the long run, no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. If you can go 20 years; they're going to still make more money off of you. Yeah. Unless you and, really, really strike big. And even if they don't, they're making money off the other fucking 50 people that isn't you. I mean, okay, we could argue that. Yeah. You know? We so, could argue that. So I, even, I, even if out of every 50 people, one person wins and the other 49 lose, like, they're still going to make money. Yeah, that's the odds right there. Okay, there's, I'll give you no that. Way, that's true. That's there's true. There's no way true. that me, myself, is making more money than what everybody else is losing. No, no, I agree. I get what you're saying there. I didn't think about it that way. You, yes, they, they do value in the statistics of, like, Yes, one or two people could be winners, whereas the other 48 are losers. Yeah, you absolutely. Have to. It's a business. You have to. You have to understand that there's variance in statistics and that out of the 50 people, somebody's going to win. I mean, there there are a business, but they're a different, you know, they're, they're, I wouldn't <laughs> categorize them <laughs> as like, I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to say here, but like there's businesses and then there's casinos. <laughs> it's like there's a big difference in the two. Yes, they are a business, but. But they're not, they're really not spending money, let's be honest. Whereas, like, in a business, there's like a win 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 type of scenario. The customers are winning because they're getting a product they want. The business is winning because they're getting money. And then you're winning because you have a job. Yeah. Whereas, like, casinos, it's really like win lose. There's no, there's no in between. There's no, everybody wins. Like, they don't win no. if you win. Yeah. If you win, they've lost. So, like, well, and, they're, they're and winning every time. My point exactly. So, it's, it gets very hard for, it's like, they're such a unique, weird type of business that's like got this illegal hold in, in in certain areas and stuff i mean it's all like they're legal because they can make revenue and they can get taxed in the government and yada yada, yada. yeah no, there's another way for know, the government to make some money but i think i think it works out pretty well um like for me personally this semester i really didn't play that much 
Um, were you I was, depressed? Were you sad? No, actually, I wasn't. I was I, <laughs> no, I was not gonna lie, dude. I I'm was, poking fun at you. I was I was in a really good spot in my life. I was really happy with what was going on. Um, I had a lot of things that were going really well for me, and like, not that the casino wasn't one of the things that was going well for me, because I made like I think I made like six k my first week there. My first week back in Michigan. Okay. I made like six grand. Yeah, I had to quit after that. Right. I um, never gone back. That'll last me the whole semester. Yeah, it would last anybody the whole semester. The thing is, like, okay, other things got put, brought into my life, and like I was really happy with what I had. Um, and this is kind of where that funny story comes in because part of Let's hear it. part of my thoughts is that okay, look, if I go to the casino in a week, right? Okay. And I lose all my money or whatever that I can lose. That means I probably don't have that much money that week, right? It, it's pretty it's pretty obvious. If I spend a shit ton of money in one week, I'm probably not going to have that much money at the end of the week. Okay. The thing is... <laughs> I what get on I, board with that. So what I noticed is that once I stopped going to the casino, right, I was still spending just as much money, but without the possibility of making any of that back, right? So... A lot of times when I was going to the casino, yeah, there were days I was losing, but there was also days where at the end of the week I had thousands of dollars in my wallet, okay? And then like the next week I might not have as much money, but when I stopped going to the casino, the money just kept going down and it never got brought back <laughs> up. So it was just like I something- I love your justification so, for that. You need like, to go to gambling because you're going to spend that money regardless. Yeah, yeah, but like- I know it sounds like absolutely ridiculous, but it, it does. <laughs> but, it, but it was something that I noticed. But the thing is, the money I was spending during that time was like it was money that made a difference in not only like my life but other other people's lives. And so, like one of the things I was doing was, um, I don't know if you knew this, but I was I served as a president for my fraternity this past semester. And one of the things is like I wanted to build camaraderie between the guys. So I would go buy a shit ton of food on Sundays. I'd cook for eight, nine hours throughout the day. And we would have a huge family meal together. Chef Tom. Okay. No, I did not know that. What were you cooking up that took eight, nine hours? What well, it just it just depended. You know, like I'm cooking for 30 people by myself. I understand that. Like what what was it? Um, dude, just depending on what I felt like making, dude. Like sometimes yeah, I made pig roast, pot roast. Yeah, you just yeah, cooking mean, up like, chicken on the grill, some, yeah, lasagna. Dude, I, I like made what? some like smoked wings. I made um, like chili and shit. It was just it was just different things every week. Um, I would ask people what they wanted. Originally, the idea was everybody pitches in five bucks for Sunday meal, and everybody eats. And it got to the point where I was like, okay, if you want to help me out with like five bucks that's cool if not if you can't whatever it's not that big of a deal like i have the money like don't worry about it and so one of the things was like okay i'm building this camaraderie between my fraternity brothers you know and part of that was like i was getting that satisfaction that i didn't feel like i wanted to go to the casino right i was spending my time doing things that i loved because i love cooking i'm not sure if you knew that no i didn't know that yeah so like huge 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 into cooking so like i was spending a lot of time cooking and then i got to spend good time with my brothers you know and part of the pandemic was that like in reality a lot of people are fucking depressed 
Oh, yeah. Because no, nobody yeah, could do sure. shit, right? And so part of that was to keep everybody's spirits up and want them, like, you want to help them be more motivated in finishing the semester, right? Like, yeah. Whatever it was. It, it Whether it was, like, if you wanted a fucking hug that day, like, I'll sit there and I'll hug <laughs> you. Like, that, that brotherly love. But, like, I would have done that. Like, I don't care if it was the guys in my fraternity or, or if it was some random chick on the side of the road, you know, or like another fraternity. Like I know, like I know a lot of people on campus and I wanted to be there for people. And one of the things is like being there for people was really giving me that satisfaction where like the money that I was spending on doing things like that and like going out or not necessarily going out, but like going out and buying groceries and stuff like that money didn't matter to me at that point you know because i was spending it on like um you know you're spending on others you were doing good with it yeah sort of kind of thing i get get what you're saying it wasn't for myself i mean there's a certain level of spending that you know with anything like when you give to charity when you're doing stuff there's always a good feel good feel good feeling that comes from any of that um let's 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 swing in here to go to the talking about your fraternity brothers and stuff like that i'm curious how I always like get curious about. Ah. I always I'm curious about fraternity life. I personally not part of it. Didn't do any of it. I had friends that were big into it, and yeah, I mean I could go to some of the houses, yada yada, and and it was fine. But what is it that like was appealing of it to you? So um, I didn't realize this at first. I thought like, I think everybody has a stereotype on Greek life. It's like yeah, for sure. All right, sororities are filled with these rich white chicks, right? And then fraternities are filled with these rich dudes whose dads make a shit ton of money. And I would tell you that at the big schools, absolutely, that's exactly what it's like. Oh, yeah. I would yeah, say there's oh, yeah. no so, if ands, or right. buts about it. It. Might, it might be like that at the big schools. I didn't go to big schools. So for, my experience in Greek life was a lot different than I would say a lot of people. Um, but at first, like, I was thinking, like, all right, I already spent a shit ton, shit ton of time over here, you know. Like, I hang out with all the people. I get along well with everybody there. And like they wanted me to join what they had. And part of it was really like, okay, I get to go to these parties and I don't have to wait. I don't have to fucking wait in line ever that's again. The most you know? of, that's like the main reason I think like, most of these yeah. kids do it is they want to get yeah, it's they, like forced friendships to get, to get you into the party. I'm going to say forced friendships, but it, I yeah. mean, a lot of times that is kind of how it goes. Um, I think it depends where you're at. But yeah, I feel like a lot of times it is some sort of a forced friendship i mean don't get me wrong if you're somebody who's not good at making friends i know it's perfect i think it's perfect for you it is like perfect. it's definitely perfect for you especially Absolutely. like and i know a lot of girls that are like that where they're very like shy and they're, they're they don't really they're not out there like talking to people and, yeah. and of course unless they're drunk of course well, they all come out when they're drunk yeah. but like they did that with a sorority and it gave them a sense of home and like for girls to hang out with and yada yada which like again that's like a good positive to it i mean there's all sorts of you can go back and forth forever on the positive and yeah. negatives of them. I think I think that with that though, um, I think like what you're saying, where like if you're really not that social butterfly, which I think you know I am a social butterfly, but Spread your wings will fly there, Tommy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, no, if you're not, I definitely think it's a good way to connect with people. Yeah. But actually, one of the crazy things that like I realized, and this is like I didn't realize this until really the start of my interview process right like i didn't realize i picked up on these skills of like leadership and teamwork and camaraderie and 
Like, and I'm not saying, like, I'm the greatest leader out there, you know? Like, I'm not saying that, like, I'm, I'm the, the best. best birther yeah, ever. Yeah, like, I'm not saying that, but I learned a lot from it, you know? Like, I learned how to respect others. I learned how to be an honorable man. Okay. And a lot of it was, like, okay. You do not think of, normally people do not think of fraternity, brother, an honorable man. Yeah. In the same sentence. Yeah. But I'm curious. Please go on with that. Yeah. So, like, so, um, part of, like, what we do is, like, we we really had a bad rep, bro. Like, my freshman year, it, it was bad. Okay. Like, at my fraternity. I wasn't part of it. I've only been part of it for three terms, so three semesters. Um, so, I haven't been part of the game for long, right? And, like, you, I guess, like, depending on where you're at and, like, the school that you're at I think a lot of times you really can't say that the fraternity men are honorable men and no offense to like anybody that you know that's at FSU and is in Sigma Chi or whatever you know uh, but not to call anyone out on the podcast but but, but if you're at fraternity <laughs> well I'm not from FSU no no, so no I, I know, know you're not there's there's but I, I get what you're saying and I think that's very notable like that's pretty true I mean frats have this rep of being like assholes yeah douchebags assholes whatever you want to call them and you know what there are a lot of guys in them that absolutely are and there are specific fraternities that are exactly like that I mean like I know. Yeah. Let's put it this. I know guys that like were in the fraternities and I knew them in college and then I would see them outside of uh college, like now, like working full time, and it's like not they're the exact same douchebag. Like it's like they're still living this fraternity life in the workforce and it's like like they just act the same exact yeah. way. I don't know how to explain it. And, and I'm sure there's people out there that you guys could think of like listening that you could think of that are like, yeah. Oh yeah, that person's exactly like yeah, that. But and it's like, like the frat life is just carried on into the work. I so, have, I had met these kids. I, I got to take a tangent here. Right. I, I got to take a tangent. This is a funny story for me. So I was interviewing for, I had a couple job offers when I was getting out of college. And I went to shadow a day of work at this one company. I will not name the company. Just, just, just not going to name anything. <laughs> I want to talk about these kids. Are. But these, so I'm talking to these kids, these two guys. I'm shadowing them. And they're like, oh, you know, where you go to school and all yada yada. And I'm telling them, yeah, you know, I, I go Florida State. And um, they're like, oh, we went to Florida State, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> shit. Okay. Oh, yeah. So they start asking me questions. I mean, frat, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, no. And instance, I knew, first off, from the get-go, they were, I could just, they had that, they had that about them. And do of I course, have that about me? Mm, you didn't used to. Maybe you do not. Maybe. I don't know. I think it's because I wear my letters a lot. That's exactly it. I think that's because <laughs> I wear my letters. I really don't dress the part. And though. you just talk so serious. You think so? Yeah. Fuck, dude. I gotta be more fun guy. <laughs> no, dude. I feel like really okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. wait. Right, we're going off in a tangent. I want to finish this story. Okay, finish your story. These fucking guys are selling me, and they're like, "Oh, we were in this frat, and yada yada yada." And I'm like, "Fantastic! Congratulations!" Then they're telling me like, "Oh, you're." I'm like, "Oh, I'm graduating this semester. Oh, you're getting out early." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm getting out early." Like. Dog, just take another semester. Just, just, just. You're gonna miss it. You're gonna, and then the rest of the fucking time, I'm like, forty five minutes go by where I'm with these guys, shadowing their job, these and they're just, boys. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're just talking about like how much they miss it and how much they miss college and this and that and the bar and Mr. Fred and blah blah blah. And I'm like, the whole time I'm like, you guys are working full time. You're making good money, 
and all you're talking about is how you miss your fraternity you miss being broke you miss you miss your fucking i don't know what i don't know how to describe it i can't relate to that but it just did not turn me on to the job i fucking left that place i didn't call them back i didn't do i just left <laughs> i just left they were like how are you doing what are you thinking i was like not coming because i don't want like like i don't understand how you don't want that stigma not necessarily that but i'm like how you're in that, you're in the real world now i get it you had a great time in college and we can talk about it and you can reminisce about it but like there's more to it than just your fraternity well, like how are you a year into working you're making a, a full-time like a man's salary and you're telling me like oh i just missed my fraternity well, like what are you talking so, about so, get some goddamn money <laughs> go out on a weekend go to the strip club i don't care but you you're working you have money to do shit now go do shit like yeah, well, it's a different chapter of life, and I feel like some people don't recognize that. I get stuck in it, right? And it's like I don't know. Just to me personally, I just don't relate to that. I'm like, how are you? Like, I just looked at them and I was like, is this what this job does? It makes you reminisce about college because I don't want that. I want to make money and go do shit with my money. Yeah. Well, I think um, like the way you're like explaining it to me, that story is like those guys have that emotional connection to the experience that they had with their fraternity i just think they were getting laid more back then now they can't get laid probably fucking loser. Uh, honestly probably but that's what it is part of well i can't drink on a tuesday no motherfucker so, you still can drink on a tuesday there's no yeah. limit there's no rule that says you can't drink on a tuesday because really you work at nine to five now yeah just wake up I mean, look at like the bartending life. Like people that are bartenders, they live that shit. They're out there every night. Yeah. They go to the they close the bar. They go to a bar that's open later than their bar. Yeah. And or they and close then, their restaurant and then they go out and drink and then they wake up and do the same thing. Like that's a fuck. You want to you want to like live that party life? Go fucking live the party life. It's still there. It's still very apparent. I don't drink or go to bars, but I fully support bartenders because I know that's a shitty job. Oh, it's a very shitty tough job. I I know it's a shitty job. So Tip your people well. This is this is for the bartenders. I love you. You're right here first. But no, it is. It's a tough gig. I mean, the bartending scene in general is very tough. It it's very it can really draw you in. It can really get you sucked into like Yeah, you gotta do it with assholes like you. Me? Yeah, absolutely. All the time. I'm a huge asshole. At the bar. <laughs> I'm not. But my point is is like it is difficult and that's something like they talk about like the bartender scene and like the working scene like that whole scene is like there's a lot of people that like are working while they're drugged up or drinking like and there's a lot yeah. of alcoholics and, and like it is it and you can make really good money doing it it's I'm also definitely shitty not hours it's shitty hours you can make really good money and i forgot where i was going with that holy shit <laughs> i totally forgot where i was going i don't know where you're going no it's just like it's hard it can draw you in you can get sucked in you can definitely go down a path you don't want to i mean i know friends that like make good money but then they go out drinking every night yeah. And they spend all that money they make. They they literally live like paycheck to paycheck because they get off and then they go out with their friends, which not like more power to you. That's fine. You But just don't complain about that if you choose that lifestyle. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you, oh, I'm broke all the time. Well, yeah, because you spend $200. You make $200 and you spend $150 that, that night Yeah, because you want to go out on a Tuesday. I've gone out on Tuesday before too. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't, I it's a lifestyle it's, it's like it's a, lifestyle. a lifestyle it is it is, it is. i can't relate to it more power to everybody that can yeah. i think it's it's, it's hard it's it. difficult i'm somebody that likes my money and i like to keep my money so i can grow my money and then i can go out when i want and not have to worry about yeah. it but like to eat shit my like for 30 years i just couldn't do that 
Well, like, part of it, um, I feel like, I don't know, I used to work in hospitality. I did. And. I might go back. And, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, I did kind of enjoy it. You know, like, I like being there for people. I like helping people. But I think deep down, anybody that's listening to this that knows me knows that I'm kind of an asshole because... <laughs> wait, okay, here's the thing. You're not letting me finish. I'm kind of an you're, asshole. you're not letting me finish. I don't have to let you finish. It's but, like, but part of... We're going to end it right now. Because of me being an asshole is that like I'm just like brutally honest. Right? I have no filter. Yeah. Like I'm going to give it to you straight up. I, and that's needed though in today's... It fake is. society. It is. You guys are all fake. It's needed. Yeah, it's needed. Screw you guys. You're fake. I mean, well, you also get to a point where, like, you personally, I don't know about you, I don't know about you, but me personally, like, there was a point where I decided I'm not giving people the fluff they want to hear anymore. I call it fluff. This I, shit that's like, I oh, I said it, hey, it's going to be okay. I never have. I think it's going to be great. Yada, yada. Well, because I had people tell me that, like, shit's, like, shitty. I'm not going to go into specifics, but like there were a time in life where shit was shitty and it's like, all right, it's fucking shitty and I fucking hate this. And then people are like, the dog, don't be okay. That's all you have to fucking say. Like, like like, no shit. It's going to be okay. But what are you going to do to help me get out of it now? Like, give me something like dog fucking like someone, I would rather someone look at me dead in the eyes and go, stop acting like a fucking bitch. Like get your shit together, put your boots on, get the fucking work and do your shit and stop complaining. Like, fucking yell at me. All right, cool. Now I know, like, I'm being a little bitch and I'm fucking in my feelings, which is fine to do that, but, like, I'm not letting me alive or eat you alive. So I just got to a point where I was like, that doesn't, like, the fluff shit of, like, it's going to be okay, yada, 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 doesn't do shit for me. It doesn't do, do shit, shit for it me. It doesn't do shit for anybody. So I was like, it can't, if it, 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 yeah. It really doesn't. No, and that's why I was like, I'm going to start, and that's when I started losing, losing friends and losing people because, like, some people, don't want to hear the real shit. They don't want to hear hey, the real shit. Hey, good thing we've been friends for like eight years, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's why we're not fucking losers. We're just talking real. Yeah, and um, I think that, you know, part of today's society is that people want that kind of comfort. And, like, so I did go through a phase where, like, I wouldn't necessarily say that I was depressed, but, like, my life didn't feel that great at the time, you know? And, like, it wasn't, like, that long of a period. Like, it just, like, shit just, like, wasn't working out right. I mean, I you know? I think everyone goes through so, shit like that. Yeah. And, I think so, everyone goes through so shit like that. So, the thing is, like, I totally understand, like, if you have depression, anxiety, like, like I feel for you. I'm not going to, like, I feel for you, but I'm also not going to be that guy who's going to sit down, let you cry, and tell you that shit's going to be okay. Like, I'm going to tell you, like, all right, look. You fucked up here, and that's why it's causing this. Oh my gosh. You know? That's the biggest thing. I, yes, 100% yes. It's like, the, the, there's so, we've talked about this before, like accountability. There's so yes, little accountability with sometimes with people where they get in these situations, and the next thing you know, they're sad and depressed about a situation because it didn't work out in their favor. And it's like, you look what, like, look at what you did. They don't ever look at what they're just like, start complaining about, oh, I didn't get this, I didn't get that. And it's like, do not see the stepping stones that got you to this point it's like it's crazy to me absolutely and i think that like sometimes um part of that is being able to step back and seeing like okay here's how this happened here's why it happened 
how do I fix it, right? Yeah. And I think like we talked about it a little bit before we started here is, you know, I just started my interview process not too long ago. You know, it's been probably about two months that I started applying. And the thing is, like, I was really confident in myself because I was getting a lot of companies that were reaching out to me and asking me to come interview and asking me to apply. And then I got turned down after I did like fucking seven interviews <laughs> with my first with the first company. I got turned down. Oh, and I'm like, it's, it's I'm so like, crazy. I'm like, look, I just talked to fucking 12 different people in 17 different fucking states. And like it was it was absolutely ridiculous where like I got turned down and it like it really pissed me off. And given like it was like a really short period of time that I actually got my offer, which happened two days or yesterday, and then I signed today with this company. But um, part of it was like, I'm like, am I really not good enough for these mediocre companies? Like, because I didn't see them as these high level executive companies. I didn't see them as like, I'm going in and I'm going to make six figures in the next three years, right? Yeah. It wasn't something that I was seeing. And I was thinking like, how am I not qualified enough for these companies? Like they're asking for entry level jobs. They're, you know, it's an entry level position. Literally, they're asking for people who might have a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, I went to, okay, I guess this sounds kind of bad, but I went to four and a half years of school, college, right? I'm graduating with my bachelor's in sports medicine. Like, so when you look at my resume and see how diverse the jobs that I've done in the last six years of my life, how are you going to sit there and tell me that I can't learn this shit, you know? Like, I did everything from fucking, I did graphic design for my first job, and I did this past semester, I did event coordination, right? And yeah. everything, I did everything in between. I think it's, it's corporate America can be oddly as nice as it is and yada yada, it can also be oddly retarded when it comes to, and I will use that word. <laughs> I don't care what, <laughs> what channel I get, but they have these moments where it's like, yeah, they don't think that you can learn or, or they've got that, they give that mentality off of like, you're set in stone with this and you have to do this and you can't learn something else that you want to learn. Yeah. And that's another thing with people in general, not even just the companies, but like, it's also like a very tough mindset for people to grasp is like, at any age, you can learn something. Like you, you want to stop and quit what you're doing and do something else. Like you can. I mean, obviously, granted, you want to have the resources to do that and all that, and you might have to eat shit and do a job you don't like in order to learn the other stuff on the side and then switch. Like that's part of it. But there's no reason you can't learn it, especially nowadays with the internet. I mean, yeah. the internet you can just learn and, anything. And I think like one of the big things that kind of connects with that is like it's effort, right? Like. I know a lot of, I've talked to a lot of people and like, they say like, okay, well, we don't care what your college degree is. And we really just want you to have a college degree because we know that you can learn something. Well, the thing is like, the companies I was applying for and interviewing with, they're like, the first question they asked me in the interview was like, oh, why are you pre-med, but you want to get into sales? I'm Mm -hmm. like, all right. I'm a personable person. Like I like I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy being around people, you know? And like given yeah. it's not that I don't want to do sports medicine, you know? Mm-hmm. Cuz like obviously like I chose as my major, but there's a reason why I chose as my major and I got out of business. 
and like they didn't like that and i'm like all right well that's bullshit because like i'm pre-med like why can't i learn sales why can't yeah. i learn marketing you, you know, know one of the big things that someone had told me and it was too late for me i'd already graduated but someone that said that to me was you know one of the few things i wish i did differently was get a different like i think he got a sales degree or something he was like yeah i wish i got a degree in something else because anyone can do sales we can teach anybody to sell yeah and anyone, you know, I mean, obviously some people have more confidence than others and some people have more pizzazz and flirtiness and yada, 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 which that all can be learned as well and, and boosted up. But you can teach anybody sales, essentially. And, and he was saying that and saying how he wished he had done a different degree in order to have just a different background and learn something different and then went into sales. And like so you're doing now and that now and that's that's golden. That's perfect. You have your degree to back to fall back on if you want to do a job in that field or you can get sales selling experience and move into a sales role. It's like you can do both. Yeah. And I think that like anybody who has a hard time choosing their degree in reality, and this is part of what I noticed during my interview process was like, in reality, bro, do whatever major is going to make you actually want to do the work in class. Right. Like that's also huge. It makes it so much easier to love your major. I think that's the big thing. It's like, I didn't enjoy fucking microeconomics. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't blame But <laughs> I enjoyed nutrition. I enjoyed exercise science, you know? like, And so part of that was, like, really just making my college experience better for myself. And I think that one of the big things that I realized is, like, involve yourself in different things on campus, right? Like, join some clubs, like... Join Greek life. I know we kind of bagged on it, or you kind of bagged on it a little bit, but <laughs> but like I give it a little love, like, tough love yeah, here and there. Like join Greek life, or like you know, just diversify your assets, right? Like show employers that you're able to do a lot of different things, and that you can put that stuff in your background. Because at the end of the day, the more you invest your time into your own education the better off you're going to be in the long run, right? Regardless of yeah, regardless of like whatever fucking bullshit job, you can be a doctor and have literally zero personality and only be good at cutting bodies open, you know? <laughs> and it's like it's like okay, you can working s- in the morgue. Yeah, but like here's the thing. <laughs> like, cutting bodies thing. open, baby. Woo! And I'm not bagging on doctors, right? But you can help save lives. Yeah. All right. But mm-hmm. what can you do outside of that? So like for me, I, I really don't know if I'm going to be able to do sales all that well. But here's the thing. If I'm able to do sales and I want to change my career path, right? I have that background where like, okay, if I want to go work a fucking blue collar job, which I did for the last two years, right? Yeah. That I have that experience under my belt that I can go in and say, look, like I did this for two years while I was in college and I want to change my career path. I want to do more labor because I like working outside. I like working hard. Whatever whatever the hell you like is that you want that diversity on your resume. And I think like for me, like if I was in a management position, I would really look more towards what people did outside of that, you know, outside of school. Like, okay, you know, you're well, they do look great. at all that, you, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. Do. It's very, it's yeah. they do, but like, diversify how, your yeah, how, resume. How, how much do they weigh on that? You know, like for me, it's like, okay, you want somebody who works hard, you know, who's able to learn, who can be coachable. Like, I played fucking college football for four years, dude. You didn't tell me I can't work hard, I can't be coachable. Like, 
I mean, you're lying to yourself if you think that. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, and I think a big thing that people don't like to talk about is it does come down to the interviews. I mean, your resume could look fantastic, yeah. but if you butcher an interview, you're not going to get the job. Absolutely. I mean, I would say one of my stronger suits would be interviewing. I just, I, I don't know. I look at interviewing and my tips for interviewing is like, this is a time for you to be able to brag about yourself in the best way possible. Obviously, you can't come across as cocky and yada yada, but like you can very much, this is your time to talk about it. And then you learn that wording to position your things that they ask. Like they might ask you, what is, you know, tell me about this time there. And you just tell them about it, but you can position the way you want to say it to make it look like you've learned something. Like, for instance, we had that, uh, we had the company that we, Ran for like two and a half years, like truck militia. You know about that. Oh, we I used did. to run this truck company. I took the sticker off my truck. By the way, it's fine. We don't do it anymore. We, <laughs> it's all gone. Shit. But we used to do this like truck company that we had, and um, we just did it for like two years in college. We didn't really go anywhere with it. We just stopped doing it. And um, but I put it on my resume, dead ass, for like the last two years. I finally just took it off. But I had it on there for the first couple jobs, and people would ask me like, "Oh, what is this? Like, tell me about this." And I would just tell them like. Us and I put it on there because, like, you know, it wasn't necessarily a full-on success. Obviously, I wouldn't be interviewing for a job if it was a success. I'd be working yeah. on my own. But, like, I did learn a lot during that time and taught me about this, this, and this. And I just positioned how that kind of, even though it was, like, a failure, helped me grow to do, do this, this, and this. And they look at that and they're like, oh, holy shit, like, this kid fucking learned this, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I don't know, just this tricks like that or, you know, you explain to them, it's just... It, it's, it's it's your time to talk about you in the best way possible not in a cocky way but in a way of like this is how you know this is why this is on my resume this is what i learned from it this is what i'm taking with it as i go to do your job type yeah. of stuff and like for me one of the things that's on my resume part of so i was really like kind of when they you know they're i think every company's first question is like okay tell me about yourself right so what i did i would break it into two different things that I was involved in so obviously your academics so I talked about academics first and then I talked about my life outside of academics right yeah so I talked about like okay fraternity football uh whatever. I go gambling every yeah. day okay I didn't say that but, <laughs> but like part of it was part of it was being able to work like different things on like really twisting on how you make it sound Exactly. Does that make sense? Yep. So like, yep. like, like we talked about like that negative stereotype to Greek life, right? So like, if I put that I was the fraternity president in my resume, right? Yeah. Which I think. Which you should have. Which I think I should absolutely because it's a leadership position. You know, it's it's something that it's part of your social life. It's something that you did, and something that I'd hope that if you're in Greek life, you learn something about yourself, something about others. And that I had to be able to tell these people that, like, look, Greek life is not just a crock of shit, right? It, it, there's something more to Greek life than what people see from the outside. I would say if you, if you have a higher up position in Greek life, for instance, what you had said, like a president or something like that, then it's okay to put it. I'd be yeah. cautious putting it on there too much yeah, just because, right. like, well, I mean... Look, it's dude. got the rep and most people know the rep and i'm not saying like a president is involved like i think that's probably the best position to have in the fraternity because you do have to plan shit you can do this plan plan philanthropy events all that stuff yada 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 and you should put all those down but yeah i would say if you're not in a higher up position there's like no point in putting look dude if you're in college right now 
and you're about to start looking for work and you're in a fraternity and you're the fucking secretary chair, don't put that on your resume. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, because we all know secretaries are crock of shit. I'm looking at you guys right in the eyes right now. That if you're the fucking secretary chair of your fraternity, do not put that shit on your resume. Because we all know all you're doing is taking notes during meetings. Yeah. You're not even setting up the meeting. It's a fucking bullshit job. The fuck out of here. But actually, I did love my secretary. He did a wonderful job. The fuck out of here with that bullshit. I don't give a fuck Secretary, what you My secretary did awesome. Shout out to you, Shrive. Love you, buddy. Trump would fire him. He's gone. Yeah, but um, <laughs> no, like you're right, though. If you do take like a big leadership position or like if you're in charge of like a set group of people. So I think like I don't know what FSU fraternities are like, nah. but mine at the end of the semester only had 29 active members, which is not a lot at all. But we also only have like 1,200 kids on campus. So... You know, five fraternities, 29. You're probably averaging about 30 per fraternity, um, right. depending on the fraternity, of course. But it's not a very high percentage of people. So, like, part of my Greek life experience was a lot different than I would say most people because, like, we're a tight-knit group. You know, like, our house is seven rooms. There's 15 people that live there. Anybody else who's affiliated... <laughs> Seven rooms. And 15 people live there. And 15 people so live there. So all bunking together. Yeah, so we bunk together. And um, and like anybody else who's affiliated. That sucks. <laughs> anybody else who's affiliated just lives on campus like yeah. normal. Um, but like I know like I've seen like the frat houses at like MSU and stuff. And like that's a whole ass dorm. Like I, I, I mean like I yep. hate to say this, but I don't want to have... 300 active members in my fraternity. I don't know how many they have. I, I don't think it's 300. I think 100-ish. Oh, yeah. So. I don't even want that. But I got you. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, I'm... You want to know everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, like, I want to know you all the way down to your last pew. Okay. That's too much for me to handle, but yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, like... I get what you I mean. I joke around, but, like, you know, it's, like, at the end of the day, like, I don't want to be spending all this time with somebody I don't know. Or somebody I don't enjoy. Or somebody I don't trust for that matter. Right? Yeah. So, you know, it's it's huge in that aspect of being able to be around each other mm -hmm. and being able to work through differences. And I think that's a huge thing that you also learn in being in Greek life. Being exposed to, you know, that group of people where you are expected to be tight-knit. And it might not always happen, so you have to learn how to make that happen sometimes um and that's not really necessarily changing the way you act or your personality because always be your own person be your own person but you know <laughs> it is part of like okay working out differences i think jacob you know a little bit about that um i think it's huge i think that's a huge life lesson is that you need to be able to work out differences with other people to make this world go around but without being too fluffy yeah, I mean, right? <laughs> I, yeah, you can't be too fluffy about it. But yeah, you got to be able to work out differences. Yeah. You got to be able to come. I mean, there should be, in every scenario, you should be able to come together and make a decision. I mean, yeah. there should never be a scenario where it's like uh, like a win-all, win-all. Like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Like, it's so stupid to me, this whole left versus right bullshit. It's like, just fucking talk. Like, there's going to be stuff you guys agree on somewhere in the middle. I think... I don't, I don't want to get too into politics, but it's very polarizing that we have two parties. Like, what the fuck? Like, I have to identify with one of these fuckers. Uh, actually, we have more than two parties, Jacob. I mean, I, I'm all for libertarians. I'm all for all that shit. But 
there's only two main parties, and unfortunately, that's the way it's going right now. I'm all for a third party. As a matter of fact, I'm a very big advocate for third parties because we need yeah, a third party because it's tearing us fucking apart. I I think so too, dude. I love I love a third party. I think. Did you vote for third party? I did not vote third party. Did you get? Don't love them that much. Anyways, um. Okay. I, all right. <laughs> listen. Here's, bro. The way that the voting system is is that like. Let's be honest. We all know a third party is never going to win that shit, right? They don't need to win. They need 5% to get into the debates. That's all that matters. Really? I didn't know that. They need a 5% okay. of the vote so, to get into the debates. I'm pretty positive on that. I shouldn't so, be saying that if yeah. I don't know 100%. And I don't know 100%, okay. but I'm very positive. But here's the thing. On the slim chance that that happens, you know, it's probably not happening. So, if 5% the thing is like, of America voted, first off, not even all America votes, but if 5% of the voting class voted for a third party, they'd get into the debates the next presidential election. Yeah. Which is fucking huge because then it's no longer democrat versus senate you know versus republican it's all three yeah and i think that it i think that would be super sweet but super sweet. i think that'd be in super like sweet. the perfect world that would happen but that wouldn't happen so the perfect like, world in reality there would be no arguing in general yeah so but it, but like in reality i know it's not gonna happen and i i'm gonna sound like a dumbass for saying this but I, it almost feels like your vote doesn't count at that point, you know. And I, I because completely you know, disagree. Yeah, it's okay. But like, like I have like a really weird gray area where like, okay, if I'm gonna have to choose between you know A or B, I'm just gonna choose between A or B. I'm not gonna choose C because I know that like that's such a slim chance of thing. happening. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It, it's very if both, it's retarded, and I'm gonna use that word again because I'm gonna give a fuck. It's a, if both parties are coming at you and saying, you're going to vote this, you might as well throw your vote away. That's obviously not the case because it's pissing off both parties that you're voting third party. So your vote is counting and it's significant because you're taking away from both of these main parties that are juggernauts in the system that think they can run it all forever. It's, it's total bullshit for anyone to say you're throwing your vote away because... Oh, I'm throwing my vote away. Is it pissing you off that I'm voting third party? Yes, it is. Okay, and I'm pissing off the other side too. If it didn't matter, they wouldn't care. Yeah. And but they do care that you're voting third party because yeah. it scares them <laughs> that it could possibly happen. And I think it's growing more and more. I mean, I think she got like 1.5 to 2% of the vote this election. Yeah. That's, That's a lot bigger than she used to ever get. Mm-hmm. Or a libertarian just ever get? I think their running mate was a female this year. But my point is, is like it. it, it they only need five percent. I think they got maybe two, or a little bit under two, and that's significant because it's slowly showing these two parties that, for starters, Republican or Democrat, they don't give a fuck about you. Like they don't. They just don't. I don't. I don't care what you say. They don't. They're more into their special interests or more money than themselves. But if you're wanting to stick it to them and show them that you're tired of this bullshit that continuously happens, it's voting third party that's going to do that. Because right now they haven't come up with any other way to allow us to do that. What am I going to do? Stick it to the man by voting for one side? I mean, it, 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 it doesn't happen. Yeah, and I like I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, and <laughs> I No, like I totally understand what you're saying and part of it is like I realize that I am kind of a dumbass for thinking that. Like, because in reality, like, it is pretty dumb that I feel that way. But part of it is that, like, I don't see the change, right? Like, I just I just can't vision the change. So yeah. for part of it is, like, why I would just choose the best candidate between the two. And, you know, 
I know like some probably, some people are probably gonna give me shit for that. I really don't care. I I could care less about anybody else's opinion. I'm I'm a fucking independent I, man. I mean, I would but, say I'm in the minority here, but yeah. Yeah, but um, I just think that you know, if I can't see it happening, I want to like make sure that like, even if it's that case where this year everybody was saying like, okay, it's who we're picking the better out of the two shits. We were right. absolutely no so, doubt about like, it. There's there's two piles of dog shit is what everybody's saying. hundred percent. And you just gotta <laughs> pick the one that doesn't smell as bad or the one that yeah. has more nutrition. It's retarded. Whatever you, however. The one you that has it. more nutrition. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, at the, at the end of the day, that's kind of what oh it came God. down to for me. Um, as that's just how it is. Maybe one day it's gonna change. Maybe. Next election, I'll vote third party. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. And more, more and more people. I want more people on that third party train. That's my goal. Yeah. That, that means we need a lot of people listening to this. Unless unless each party can put up somebody that's like remarkably okay. Yeah. Because I think both of these, for the last two elections, I think both candidates that were up for grabs were just downright stupid. I hated both of them in both elections. I think a lot of people agree with that. Yeah. Right. But a lot of people don't do anything about it. They just sit there and look. Yeah. Which... Which I mean, for us, I don't think like we're such a small percentage, and we're we're literally just fucking recent graduates. And like for us, I don't think we really can do anything about it. But like, I'm not saying that I can't do anything about it. I feel like maybe one day I'd be able to do something about it. But at the same time, realistically, can I do something about it tomorrow? No. No, not tomorrow. In three years, in the next election, four years, in yeah. the next election. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Tom, I think I'm gonna end it on that note here. We're going to end it on politics? Yep, we're going to end it on that. All right, dude. <laughs> oh, wait. We got to talk about one more thing. I oh, got to okay. stop being so serious. Yeah, this is very serious podcast. Okay, we'll do a funny no, no, one, too. No, no, Well, I'm just saying, like, you said, like, in general, like, I talk more serious now. You seem very serious right now. Yeah, like, um, I think that's just part of, like, the last... Growing up? Yeah, like, the last, like, two <laughs> or three years of my life. Like, I mean, I get I that, too. I used to be I, so fun, dude. No, I, I agree. I felt... I've felt that about myself recently. I felt like yeah. I'm so serious all of a sudden. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck am I so serious? I want to be an adult, bro. I want to be a fun adult. I don't think I want to be serious anymore. Like, this is like, I like, why am I taking this so really? serious? Like, why am I supposed to be so serious? I'm living my life. Like, shouldn't I be having fun? I'm just trying to get that middle age haircut, dad bod, driving a minivan. So uh, no, <laughs> I know I I want to go back. I want to have fun. No, I'm, okay. I want to I want to be less serious about All this right, shit Mr. too. Mr. Frat Bros living their college lives. I'm not living in the past. Let me make <laughs> that very clear. That there's a big difference yeah. between. Oh my god, you should stay another year. I wish I could go back. I don't wish I could go back. <laughs> I've done it. I'm past it. I'm making money now. But it's like I have noticed that about myself. Where I'm getting like I'm gotten very serious. I've noticed it in the podcast where like my energy is like low and i'm talking hmm yeah yes that's interesting i think this and that and 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 i can still be like that but bring energy to it and be fun and yada yada i feel like i'm just i've been taking things so serious lately that it's like it's i getting say to me. i say next time we start off our conversation with strippers i think we just rip a line of coke and just go ahead uh yeah i can't do that i can't either and <laughs> i, I have a job i have no report i to. won't do that just kidding guys just joking but we can't talk about strippers next time yeah, we can do that. For to start? Why not? I don't see why not. Can we bring a stripper in? We can bring a stripper in. We got I have stripper friends we could interview. Really? Yeah, I would love to know more about that profession. I actually really, really funny you say that. I really want to get uh like one mm-hmm. of the girls that's on OnlyFans on and talk about that. 
Oh, dude. Because they some of them make very serious money, a, and they're living. They are living. They they represent the podcast to an extreme. They are living right. themselves for every day. Lana Rhodes, if you ever see this, please contact Jacob. I listened to a podcast the other day with um. Did, I think Lana Rhodes was that on girl Call Riley Her Reed. Daddy. Yeah. Oh, is that who that is? That was on Call Her Daddy. I think so. The Tara. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, did if if. I think she was on Call Her Daddy. I don't remember. Oh, but I think she I was in the past, but they just put some new girl up that's like... Oh, really? Who is, I don't know who this yeah. girl is, but she's but talking like, if nuts. She's, if she's on Call Her Daddy, I think we're like, you're... No offense, buddy, but you're just a little too small. A little too small podcast skill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I would love to get some people on that eventually. I mean, the whole yeah. podcast is, as you know, is people living themselves, live yourself every day, life. Yeah. It's, that's what I want. It's, I don't, about, it's, it's all... It's, we're interviewing anybody and everybody. It's about like... Dude, let's go to Homeless Guy. We'll see about that one. We'll see about that one. All right. All right. Break it up. Break <laughs> it up on that one. Have a good one, All guys. Right, Thank you, everybody. Peace.